Thanks for tuning back into the Noggin Notes podcast. I'm Jake Wiskirchen. I'm your host. And once again, we're going to have Steve Barsha back with us talking this time about the idea of projection and what that means. So uh, this is episode number 21, and we thank our sponsor, Zephyr Wellness, once again. It's the company that I own, or I should say co-own, with my partner, Lindsay Garrison. Check out ZephyrWellness.org to find out more about what we do. And also uh, peruse the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel and... You can follow us on Twitter, and you can also follow us on Facebook at Zephyr Wellness. Without further delay, here's episode number 21 with Steve Barsha talking about the idea and concept of projection. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Noggin Notes podcast. I'm Jake Wiskirchen. I'm hosting again, and uh, as my chair squeaks, I should probably find a better chair. That's not a great podcasting chair. Uh, I'm back here with Steve Barsha. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I know. Uh, my pleasure. It's always nice to to connect and do these things. And today, our sponsor of the podcast is Zephyr Wellness, and that's the company that I own and Steve works for. And we're doing innovative and philanthropic mental health outreach and practice in Northern Nevada. And we're glad to be doing this podcast and doing part of the the, uh, the Noggin Notes part of the app too. So uh, if you haven't downloaded the app, please do so. We would really encourage you to to look into that. And um, today's topic is about projection. Steve, what is a projection? A projection. A light on the wall <laughs> <laughs> in a movie theater. Sure. I think. I think the first thing to talk about a little bit with projection is this idea that we we've got thoughts in our heads that sometimes can be assumpt, can be assumptive in nature kind of a little bit crystal ballish where we're thinking we know what this other person is thinking we know what they're thinking about us and sometimes those thoughts aren't always accurate that I love how you, you started that out um, we do have thoughts we do have some assumptions but when we project what we're doing is we're assuming that the person that we're thinking about knows what we're thinking about, knows about us, and it's based on only what we see in them, and sometimes that's not even accurate because it comes from us. Right. So an example of that might be uh, a very classic illustration of mocking the celebrity. Right. That person doesn't know what he's talking about, and the assumption is that you know all there is to know about that person when really you don't. You probably never even met him. Because if you have, if you spend any time with anybody, you become a lot less judgmental. So the projection comes from the person doing the projecting. The projection comes from the person criticizing the celebrity. If I'm talking to you and I'm saying, oh, I, that guy, and the audience can't see you, but you got tattoos and uh, you know, a goatee. And if I, if I make certain assumptions about tattooed and goateed people, I can start drawing conclusions, which are those assumptions, with knowing nothing about you except what I possess. And that's a me issue. That's right. what projection is, right? Right. I think another real simple example might be something like I put on a few pounds and maybe I'm feeling a little bit bad about it, feeling a little bit unattractive, not feeling good about myself and that. And then I start to assume my wife thinks I'm unattractive. And there you go. She didn't want to go out to dinner with me because I put on 10 pounds this year. And that's about my own experience. That's a you issue. Yep, that's a you issue. Absolutely. Um, in, in our world, we talk about projections uh, from a from a psychodynamic perspective and and uh, when we hear psychodynamic or we hear psychoanalysis we often think of old old school you know turn of the last century Sigmund Freud Carl Jung type stuff 
And um, while all that's true, there's still the behavior of it occurring today in you know modern times. So we want to be uh, we want to pay heed to that because the assumption is, and this is an assumption, is that not everybody is fully aware of what they're doing. If you were, you you, you would have no no need to learn anything else. Um, you'd know everything. And I think the assumption is that some people go in thinking they know a lot or everything about a topic or about a person. And then what ends up happening is not only do they start projecting, but they shut down their ability to receive feedback as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from William James. And something he said was that often, and I, I might misquote a little bit, so I apologize, but something to the nature of, Oftentimes, people think they are thinking when they're merely rearranging their prejudices. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Where do prejudices come from? That's a, that's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> and <laughs> depends who you talk to, right? Yeah, and complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think I think that in a nutshell, the most prejudices will come from uh, life experiences. Now, the interesting thing is those life experiences don't have to be firsthand; they can be told to you. And a, a phrase that I use frequently is that we don't know anything other than what we're taught, shown, or modeled. And I think that if, if you're raised in a household that, say, prejudices the children against a certain um, uh, population or demographic or occupation even, because some people grow up not, not trusting you know, teachers or police officers, then that could build into be a prejudice. Um, the prejudice then gets projected not because of actual information, but because of what was told. And that information was even filtered through other people. So it's possible that we hold these assumptions and these thoughts in our heads about things that we really don't know, and they aren't even accurate or true, or even ours to begin with. They came from somewhere else. Yeah, and I think it's especially interesting if we talk about what we learn from our parents because we go through our lives not questioning that stuff that is how we understand the world yeah and there's a there's a Jungian term for that called introjection it's an unquestioned belief or assumption and it, and it dwells in in the unconscious part of our our minds so we're not even aware that we have these things we only know when we get lit up and and that's called defensiveness and so sometimes we can project 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 and then when somebody calls us out on our on our projections we get super defensive and that's a really good indicator that that's a, that's a belief or assumption that's very, very tightly held and not really examined. So to William James's quote, uh, when we think that we're thinking, we're just merely re- readjusting or, or reorganizing our prejudices, um, it's, it's almost like you're making the world fit what you already think you know. Right. Because then it makes sense. It's easy to, for us to understand. Totally, totally. And, that's, and isn't that like everybody's lifelong mission is to try to make sense of stuff, right? We, we're, we're figure-outers. How do you see this present in clinical settings, projection? Um, in, a, in a number of different ways, and it's something that comes up quite frequently. And there's also a, a number of um, therapies, theoretical orientations that heavily, heavily target this in general, things like REBT, CBT, mm-hmm. which are very popular. So something we might see is, you know, someone who presents with anxiety, and they might be kind of assuming this is going to happen, assuming that's going to happen, assuming this person doesn't like me, assuming I'm being judged by others. Or assuming everyone is anxious with them. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much. So what do you do there? How do you deal with that? I think as from a therapist's perspective, first thing you want to do is validate that experience, and that's done a lot more so through the emotion than the content of the thought. 
So letting that person know you understand their fear, you understand their hurt, their sadness, what's going on. You can connect on that emotional level. Let them know that it's real. Yeah. Not that, not necessarily that you understand where it came from or why, because that doesn't matter. That's an experience unto the the, the person, but that you you share it. You can right. feel it truly, like like Bill Clinton said, "I feel you." You know, and everybody mocked him for that, but but really, that's what we're going for: is I feel you. Because right. I feel it too, and, and as we explained in the Naga Notes podcast for the emotion series, everyone has the same ten emotions. All human beings possess those. So if we can connect on an emotional level, we can learn to validate that and then get in. Yeah, exactly. And I like that you said that it's real because it is real for that person, and you've got to let them know that it, you understand it's real for them because that's tricky. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line in a t- kind of looking at some of these prejudices, some of these assumptions where we want to be able to have the person take an open-minded look, but we also don't want to be invalidating. And I think this is a tricky area as a therapist. You want to validate and validate enough so that your client is willing to take a look at. Yeah. Maybe there's a different way to take a, to look at this. And the tricky part is that you you want to validate the emotional experience and not necessarily the behaviors. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's a phrase in uh, dialectical behavior therapy that says validate the valid, invalidate the invalid. So invalid may be the projection that they're doing, which is, you know, Steve doesn't get me because he's got tattoos and, and only tattooed, you know, all tattoo people that I've never known uh, were jerks. So there's no way Steve could get me. That's a projection. That's an assumption. It's not true. So you want to invalidate that and say, ah, I don't think that's coming from an accurate place. I will validate your hesitation, though. Totally get that, that fear that you don't want to open up and share Let's not make it about me, though. Let's make it. Let's make it about you and why you have this fear in the first place, and what it is between us that we can move out of the way, so you're no longer projecting. Because projecting itself is a defense mechanism. It's designed to keep us in our state of thinking we know what we know, mm-hmm. and that that what we see is actual, real, you know, truthful. And it may not be. So if we can if we can warp the world into what we need it to be, we'll stay safe. Sure. And which oftentimes keeps us that defense keeps us from making the change we need right to make to feel better for whatever right. we're coming into therapy to work on sure if i can you know dog my therapist for having tattoos then i don't have to make change because it's not about me it's about him yeah <laughs> that's great um i want to talk a little bit about shadow projection there's a very specific type of projection called shadow and shadow is is neither positive nor negative it's just simply the side of you that you don't want to look at can't see refuse to acknowledge, uh, don't know that's there, but that you're real quick to point out in other people. So uh, this, this goes back uh, thousands of years with the, with the insignia. There's a, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, uh, mind the plank in your own eye before pointing out the speck in someone else's. There's a, there's a phrase that says, you know, every time you point a finger, three are pointing back at you. Uh, and then there's the, the yin and the yang. And in the dark side, there everybody's got a little light. And on the light side, everybody's got a little dark. So we all have this side of us that we don't necessarily want to acknowledge. And when we point it out in other people, as though it's not ours, that's a shadow projection. And there's two sides of the shadow, right? There's positive and negative. Sure. So th- this is an, it was almost a bit of hypocrisy in this, mm-hmm. in a way, where we want to kind of hide that part from ourselves. Like, yeah. I think an example might be, you see someone who shames homosexuals, 
and that person themselves might be ashamed at some level of maybe their own thoughts about being with someone of the same sex. Correct. And yeah, they, that's that's a good example. And we see this play out in celebrity world too, right? Um, you know, congressmen who have you know families and wives and whatnot, and then they have uh, you know they they've got this uh, side gig where they're um, you know sleeping with children or whatever. Uh, you know that 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 happens, and so that's an example of shadow projection. Uh, taking the moral high road on something when, you know, behind the scenes the, the life is falling apart uh, altogether. There's there's a good side to that though, and the, and and the phrase that we would attach to this is, I could never be like that. So I could never be like him, or I could never be like them or those people. And what we're doing is we're blanket labeling and we're categorizing and and we're saying that's not me. But really it is, and it can be. Go, you're you're ready to talk. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think if we're gonna make some progress when we talk about shadow projection the more vulnerable place to get to is that realization that we're all capable of the greatest good in the world and the worst evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the behaviors because the behaviors are simply a manifestation of the spirit behind the behavior. So, uh, for example, I hear people say, I could never be like you, Jake. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what that means. And what, they're, what we flesh out in conversation is, well, you look at you, you have a family and you, you own this company and, and you're doing all these things. And I'm like, well, okay, but those are just things. What's the spirit behind it that you're not willing to see in yourself? Um, work ethic, maybe, um, you know, commitment, uh, you know, sacrifice, risk, you know. So we look at a person like a Bill Gates, say, oh, I could never be like him. Well, billionaire, probably not. There's, that's, that's a behavior that's reserved for very few people. But philanthropic, yes, you can give stuff away to, to needy. Uh, innovative, leader, um, daring, you know, uh, uh all that stuff. Yes, everybody has that capacity. So to deny oneself, uh, a piece of oneself, is to not fulfill one's own potential. And we, it's really easy to do it when, we, when it's behaviors we don't like, like, you know, child molestation. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Um, but we also deny in self, you know, I could never achieve success. Uh, I could, that's just not me. Well, yes, actually, both could be you. And it's not about the the, the molesting behavior, or the the bank robbery, or the you know the negative behavior. It's about the the spirit of victimization, uh, taking advantage of people who trust you, that kind of thing. And yeah. we all possess that. <laughs> Give me some examples. Where have you seen this? Of the shadow projection specifically. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe some real surface level obvious ones are the spouse who is hyper vigilant about their spouse cheating because they maybe have been um, unfaithful or have had thoughts of cheating frequently. Good one. Um, maybe it's you know a simple one maybe it's someone you know criticizing their in-laws for being really stingy when they very much share the same you know don't tip things like that oh okay yeah yeah you see see that little surface level things and I see it all over social media when we when we scroll through social media we see a lot of attacks upon other people and later on hypocrisy from the from that position um, for, for whatever reason. And all this is doing is to keep people safe in their own worldviews. So um, it's good to be aware of, and um, it, it's good to know that we all project at all times. Just because you and I are therapists doesn't mean we don't do it. We absolutely do it. Uh, we just want to be more aware of it so that we, we can be as authentic as possible. So absolutely. there's no, no need for that projection. What else? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think we... I think we fairly covered it <laughs> as far as the shadows piece specifically. Yeah. And the, the idea kind of being, like you said, awareness, checking in on yourself. Is this something about me that I don't like about myself that I'm getting amped up around someone else's behaviors? 
Yeah, that takes a lot of vulnerability to look at oneself. Yeah, that's that's a big piece of recognizing that vulnerability piece. Mm-hmm. What is it about me that I need to change? Um, Carl Jung had a quote, and I'm going to butcher this too. It says, um, that which irritates us about others is something that we need to look at in ourselves. And that's the shadow projection. That's that projective piece. So thanks again for joining us. Um, Steve Barsha of Zephyr Wellness. And I hope you never leave. I was going to say currently because who knows how long this podcast is going to run. Um, it, it may run forever. And if you're not with Zephyr at that time, that might look weird. But I hope you just stay with us forever because I like you. Um, thanks to our audience for joining us. Thanks to the Noggin Notes team for putting this all together and allowing me to host it. If this has triggered something in you and you want to reach out, uh, you feel free to email us your questions at info at zephyrwellness.org or info at nogginnotes.com. And you can also uh, seek help for yourselves through uh, psychologytoday.com, therapistlocator.net, uh, mind.org.uk, or sane.org.uk. And uh, thanks for joining us. Steve, been great. Thanks for having me again, Jake. Good podcast. Love it. I wish you all great mental health. Take care.